Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes The Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast episode 311. I'll get you. Oh, we're coming original. Yeah, we are. Right. Amber is the color of our energy this week. <laughs> oh man, I'm down. January 29th, 2023. I'm Marty. And I'm all mixed up, man. We got all kinds of... <laughs> Don't know what to do. <laughs> I got this transistor over here. Yeah. It's just all kinds of uh, crazy, uh, crazy happening. I'm but, pissed off, by the way. But we thank you, dear listeners, for always being down, down. And this <laughs> week, we got a lot to cover, uh, including um, the 2023 edition of... The Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, a simpler tongue on the hissies. What I wouldn't give it the best of it plays my side. No, 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 my friend. This is 2023. We get, uh, what did I call him? Red Cock? <laughs> yes, you called him Red Cock. Yeah. Hardy. Uh, thankfully, the show was a brisk 17 hours and 23 minutes long. Yeah, I'm, I I missed my uh, 40th birthday party thanks to the Rumble, so <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh, but yes, it was live on the cock, live from San Antonio in front of 42,000 people, announced as 51,000. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not what they said. <laughs> no. Marty, are you uh, implying that the World Wrestling Entertainment Inc. Uh, would inflate their yeah. numbers artificially for some that kind they're of They're not above board? How dare you? How dare I will not I sit here and listen to this libel. Uh, two rumbles, men's rumble, women's rumble. What's that? Slander. Slander said, libels libels written. I always get them confused. It's okay. Um, but yeah, two rumbles, men's rumble, women's rumble, three matches, uh, two of which were for titles and one of which, uh, was for me to see whether there was more pizza in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh, there was, there's so much to dig into. Let's, let's, let's just. Jump right on to the number one question heading into Royal Rumble weekend. It was answered by the end of the night, which is no, no Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. No, The Rock. Not happening. Uh, not a thing. Uh, definitely not. I mean, you know, uh, Roman Reigns had an appearance on uh, Jimmy uh, Fallon yep. on Friday night, and Jimmy asked the question. So I thought maybe that was part of working it into keeping it in the zeitgeist and you know, making people not expect Dwayne tomorrow when he is definitely coming back. And uh, he definitely did not come back. No, no, he did not show up. And in the post-show press conference, which showed that, Chris, if we apply, I don't know, 10% more effort, we can ask questions at a future WWE press conference. Why would we want to do that? I'm not saying we'd want to, but God damn pro wrestling. Uh, what's the what's the word? Journalism? Question. Uh, quotes around that well, I mean he's in a rough ass state it's all schmucks from you know podcasts and I know but you know well, Dirt should like was, was Wrestling Inc. there was uh, uh, yeah. Fightful there yeah 
was uh wrestling um what's the other one uh wing Wrestlezone. pro wrestling torch yeah uh bodyslam.net yeah um yeah it, it, i hopefully i mean if ringside news was there we should just pack the whole thing up <laughs> yeah we should just turn just, around just let's just, just it end now thank everybody for listening and you know go drink some cyanide um but uh papa h uh in his portion said uh well he started by saying well hey you know according to you guys uh he just can't get in shape for it which okay uh-huh okay paul uh-huh but he said he didn't think it was in the cards you know if if there was going to be an appearance Dwayne would want to do it the right way his schedules to pack blah 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 which means the past two and a half years right of build for Roman Reigns out the fucking window. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. since he came back from leukemia, the idea has been, all right, we're going to build up Roman as ultimate king god of professional wrestling. Which, admittedly, they've done a pretty good job at. I'm not I'm not going to shit on that. And, and it, it is his storyline, his primary storyline, that resulted in Arguably the best angle of the night. Um, Definitely the longest. Yes. Uh, but I have my own concerns, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, they, they built him up as the guy. But the reason why they built him as, up as the guy is because they were like, all right, we're going to pay it off. Roman Rocket Mania. We're going to totally... Mania in Hollywood. Yeah. It's going to be in Hollywood. All the, the, the lights... Uh, all the big stars are going to see that Roman Reigns is on the same level as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We made another star at another level. Cena did it. Now it's Roman's turn. And instead, he's going to fight the guy who was stardust. <laughs> he's a son of a son of a plumber, sir. He's the man who went off and, uh, you know, started another company with somebody else's money. Undesirable to undeniable. He did that. Uh, which, of course, is a way of telling you that the men's rumble, which kicked off the show and went about an hour and change. 71 minutes, I think I saw was the clock's time. I, I saw I saw that as well, but I questioned WWE timing. Um, Cody Rhodes, he won it, so Cody's heading to Mania. And he came in at number 30. He came in at number 30. So easy, he's either still not 100%. Yeah. So they're protecting him by keeping him at number 30, or he's like, fuck y'all, I'm not putting in that much work. Yeah, but the the guy who did put in that much work, though, was Walter. Walter, yeah. Gunther, whatever you want to call him. Walter. Uh, he and Sheamus started out as one and two. Yeah. They were the Iron Men of the Rumble, uh, being a part of pretty much the entire Rumble. Yeah. Uh, but the final two were Gunther and Cody Rhodes. So number one and number 30 were the final two. Um, and I think probably one of the most disappointing moments of the night, not because of the moment, but because of what followed it was we got the moment that a lot of people in that arena actually seemed to care about because, oh boy, that rumble was just a cavalcade of people that no one in the 40,000 plus in the arena gave a shit about. Uh, I mean, I feel like the women's rumble was worse in that regard, but we're, we'll, we will get there. We will get there. <laughs> but what, it's, it's one of the thing, things. Uh, yeah, got my point real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that people cared the most about and gave the biggest response to, 
I'd say even bigger than Cody winning was when Brock and Gunther yeah. stared each other down. Which is yeah. why, of course, they're building to Brock versus Bobby Lashley <laughs> at WrestleMania. Um, the whole stretch with Brock involved from the time his music hit till the time his last shot on screen was, was, was fantastic. And it was the most engaged I think I was during the whole match. Yeah. And it kind of reinvigorated the match for a little bit. Um, but it, it, you know, 30 men. Yes. And there are maybe, there were maybe five to seven being generous of people who had a substantial chance of winning. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe another five or six, they're like, yeah, you know, maybe they're trying to change things up since Dwayne's gone. And then 15 that are just zero, zero chance of winning. Shortage, yeah. or Chad Gable is not winning the fucking no, Royal Rumble. Not. Ricochet is not winning as much as, you know, he got his shit in and had a really stupid but fun spot. Um, you know, good for you, bud. Um, but, you know, outside of, let's see, so is it, it was uh, Walter, uh, Sheamus, I think McIntyre, Rollins, mm -hmm. Brock, Lashley. Mm -hmm. um, Cody. Cody. He, I mean, but he didn't come until 30 as we were yeah. going through, but that's that's seven. Yeah. And I don't think anybody outside of them had a snowball chance in hell of winning this damn. And, and the audience knew it, too. Like, they, they responded to countless people as they came out with abject silence. Yeah. Which really is probably the, the most damning uh, uh, review of the Triple H era of creative. Yeah. Because it was really kind of a cavalcade of, here's everybody who got brought back. Or here's yeah. everybody who got called up. And no one was not injured. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Gargano, oh man, I felt so bad for that guy. Like, you don't fud. I was waiting for the Bobby Fish on impact silence <laughs> into one guy yelling, you suck. Like I was, I was waiting for that. Yeah, I was, I was completely waiting for that. And uh, yeah, something like that doesn't carry as well in the stadium. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that that was damning for him. Carrying cross, Jesus, God in heaven, it's bad Bart. enough. Dude hurt Ray Mysterio, and that's why Ray wasn't actually in the Rumble. Oh, is that why he wasn't there? Yeah, he got he went against Carrying uh, Cross on Friday night on SmackDown, got hurt by Cross. And uh, oh, they had to do a, a, a gimmick where Dominic took him out off screen, right. not shown, only implied. Um, right. And then not referenced again the entire rest of the fucking night. Yeah. We kept waiting for him. Like, oh, he's going to come back and do a hero spot. Yeah. Uh, and then once, because Dominic was still in. Yeah. Like, Dominic, oh, we're waiting on that. And Do he'll shockingly one of the longest tenured people in the Rumble this and year. And Gargano. Yeah. I know. To be fair, Gargano was mostly just kind of hanging out in the corner for most of the the rumble he was he doing, was in he, there and i was like this guy's still fucking in he was doing the cm punk poopy butt uh yeah. rumble <laughs> but I, I assume he didn't have a poopy butt by the way in case you're wondering gargano was dressed up as king the conqueror last night yeah 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 hey yeah. yeah. um, man and the wasp quantumania in theaters in two weeks yep uh so Sneak plus two months uh the the angles that came out of the rumble uh the aforementioned uh, Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar collision, where yep. uh, Lashley eliminated Brock, which caused Brock to have uh, a bit of a hissy fit, uh, including 
chucking the cover of the announcer's table into the ring. Take- I was impaling Braun Strowman. Yeah. So close. Which we, would have just been uh, one of many injuries Brock caused, because I'm yeah. pretty sure he shoot-murdered a few people during his elimination run. Brock was given the, the uh, there's too many people in the ring, time to clear it out spot, right. and uh, he did not look at any of the landings that he caused. Um, oh, I, I think he like, snapped Santos Escobar in half by tossing him out of the ring. Yeah, Santos Escobar definitely pinged the back of his head on the apron on the yeah. ground. Uh, anyway, uh, Brock took the stairs and slammed them into the announcer's table. Yeah. Uh, and he also uh, basically eliminated a referee from the Royal Rumble by clotheslining him over the barricade. Yeah, he beat the fuck out of him, too. Yeah. Snug. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what Brock he got did, to do. He did also beat up Banner and Corbin before Corbin was able to enter. So that was, that was nice. Yes. That, that was nice. That was nice of him. F5 on the floor, uh, which then led to when Seth Rollins came in, uh, while Corbin was trying to collect his head, he gave him the curb stomp. Uh, right. Seth Rollins, by the way, most baffling booking of the rumble because he came in like a mega face and was played as spoiler heel toward the end of the rumble as he and Gary yeah. uh, rekindled their feud. Uh, of course, Seth Rollins now living his hardcore music fan dreams, having the crowd uh, sing along with his entrance, which they randomly do during the match now. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that. That was weird. Yeah. Um, in terms of surprises, if you want to call them that, uh, we had the uh, momentary and... You shouldn't call someone shredded unless they're actually shredded moment of Booker T coming out. Sure. Uh, he had a new full back piece tattoo. I legitimately got up from my seat and walked in the other room and Booker T came on the screen. Don't blame you on that. Edge came out looking very <laughs> weirdly like Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> he looked like PC principal even more so now. Yeah. Uh, he, he rekindled his feud with the Judgment Day, who were... Also, probably right. one of the biggest spoilers of the night. Uh, and uh, Logan Paul. Uh, Finn Balor wearing long pants. Yeah, Finn Balor wearing air bit. That's the biggest heel move. Well, right thank here. you. How uh, dare you? Well, that's side to side with we're going to talk about her, but Asuka now wearing long pants as well. Um, I, I guess yeah, when you're a heel, you hide the goods. Uh, I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> but uh, Logan Paul returned. He, yeah. he uh, had a pretty severe knee injury coming off of the last, last Saudi Arabia show. I thought for sure we were going to get a hint of who he's going to be feuding with uh, for Mania this year. It seemed like maybe there was a little bit between him and Seth, but uh, that would be a good. That would be a really good match. Uh, sure. I mean, I hope it's. I, I, I and I, you know, I don't mean this as disrespect to Rick O'Shea, uh, um, but that's not a WrestleMania no. worthy uh, feud. No. Uh, you know, they got their crazy spot in where they both springboarded into each other, where Logan Paul definitely closed more distance than Ricochet did. Yes. Um, yeah. For, for those but, who missed uh, it, that, that, that was the oh shit moment of the Rumble, mostly because Kofi tried to do his yearly random escape and blew it. Finally botched it after all these years. Yeah. So uh, Kofi was uh, short-lived in, in the Rumble this year. But uh, there was a moment where uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet both did a springboard from opposite sides of the ring at each other. Yeah. Kind of like the the uh 
Neo, Agent Smith, Matrix spot, except for instead of spinning around each other, they just did flying nothings at each other and splat right into each other. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was uh, impressive that they were sure. able to do it. However, it was the stupidest bit of offense. That makes zero. A, a night of stupid offense, as we will yeah. talk about. Uh, but yes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes came in at number 30. Got he that. ends up winning the whole thing. Uh, points to the sign. Real pyro inside, fake pyro outside. Which is yeah. another baffling choice by WWE. Why do we need CG pyro? It looked really bad, too. Yeah. And and bad enough, they repeated it again Yeah, when the women's rumble ended. Right. Uh, but uh, it was a mess. Uh, I, I really hate... It, it's one thing when you have a storyline that involves a lot of, like, interference from people who were eliminated or people brawling in the entranceway or, um, you know, someone getting distracted and, and leaving the rumble to take care of business, though they haven't actually been eliminated. Right. We had multiple here. Yeah. Whether it was Brock and Bobby Lashley or Baron Corbin being beaten up on the outside or Edge feuding uh, or rekindling his feud with the Judgment Day, which resulted in the return of Beth Phoenix as well, as she took out Rhea Ripley, although yeah. apparently not very well. Uh, I, I, This felt so much like they were just putting a hat on top of a hat on top of a hat. Yeah. That's what they do, man. It's shit stacked on shit. And with this being the first WWE show I've watched in full yeah. since SummerSlam. Same. Fuck, man, I, I can't do this. Like, as we will talk about in just a moment, because to me, one of the most egregious moments was at the beginning of the pitch black match, which oh, got some opinions on that. The whole concept of like, well, here's a match, here's a video package, here's an ad. And then because Peacock has ads, right? Here's a video package that the ad-free people get to watch where we just randomly put over a talent. Like, Austin Theory was totally chumped during the Rumble, but here's a three-minute video package right. of Austin Theory to cover when Peacock needs to play their ads. Oh, I don't pay I don't pay for ad-free Peacock, so I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I was at Derek's, so I guess... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was real fucking weird, and, like, why can't you just do, like, you know some guy cutting a promo or, or or multiple people cutting promos for upcoming matches like in between or that's just it, it is such a pain to watch but after the rumble the men's rumble uh the first match was indeed the <laughs> mountain dew pitch black match yep <laughs> so la knight comes out yeah he has a big long entrance because at the Alamo Dome, they're doing the long entrance way. Yeah. No golf carts or anything. No. So he has, like, probably the most you've ever heard of his entrance music you got to hear on Saturday night during the Rumble. So he comes out. He gets in the ring. Then they play the entire video package explaining the history 
between yeah. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt. Then we come back, and L.A. Knight's in the ring with his music playing again. Right. Yep. And then it's Bray Wyatt's entrance, which has a minute and thirty long or thirty second long build up. Yeah, just looking at a smoky or uh, uh, you know a uh, foggy door. As a fucking piano just blinks, just bling, 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 bling. oh, they're building anticipation, Marty. How dare you? Uh, it was boring and long and stupid. And this 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 whole whole stretch is just low rent garbage. So what was the pitch black match, you may ask? Well, first and foremost, there is a gigantic Mountain Dew logo in the center of the ring, which I'm fine with. Look, sponsorship is sponsorship. Sure. Yeah, look at the UFC ring. Yeah, look at the UFC. Look, look at New Japan. Yeah. Look at uh, AEW for a pay-per-view, you know. All right, right, cool, fine, whatever. But Mountain Dew logo in the middle of the ring, which was only there for this match. Yeah. Probably because of the fact that the Rumbles themselves were sponsored by Applebee's. <laughs> oh, man. The Applebee's spots were uh, frequent. Yes. Uh, and also not the only spawn con of the night, because we actually got an entire sponsored wrestler in the Women's Rumble, which we will talk about. Oh, yeah. But then they have the pitch black logo on the video boards, on the barricades, and also the video apron on the hard cam facing side. So we are just silly with product placement. Oh, yeah, man. Bray Wyatt comes out. Eventually. Eventually. He's clearly not training for speed at this point in his career. Mm. He's cultivating mass. Lights go down, and it turns out the pitch black match is a no DQ match in every single anime conventions rave I've ever seen. It was in the back of a Spencer's. Yes. Which is, hey, credit where credit is due for a guy who is fucking shit all night on commentary. Unlike normal. Pat McAfee made that joke and that was one of the few that landed for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was just, it hurt my eyes. Yeah. It was, it was black light. It was, uh, because of the black light. Oh, there was black light reflective spooky makeup on Bray that you couldn't see until the black lights turned on and. You could see how neon that uh, the L.A. Knight's gear was, and you could see that Little Nature was just absolutely covered in jizz. I mean, <laughs> yeah, somebody should have given him a lint roller and a dry cleaner's address. Yeah. New pants. New pants, Little Nature. Buddy. New pants. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you one thing that happened during this match. Because I think I was, long. I was on my phone telling you about how awful it was while it was happening. It was it was a standard WWE walk and plunder brawl. There were kendo sticks. They used the stairs. The one thing that was new and different and actually visually cool, although it made no fucking sense within kayfabe, is uh, they did a spot where uh, uh, LA Knight uh, slammed Bray Wyatt through the announce table. And there was like fucking neon confetti. neon confetti or packy peanuts or some shit. Yeah. It looked cool, but it didn't make any sense. No. Like, why Why was that in the table? Like, what? what is this? Because Bray Wyatt is magic. So then, I guess, Bray wins in five minutes with the sister Ab- Abigail. Yeah. And they're showing replays and all that stuff. They're taking a while recapping all the spots for the match. And it's because Bray 
put on a new spooky mask. <sighs> yep, neon lights reflective under the black lights. I'm sorry, the pitch black. But pitch black is pitch black, not 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 neon black light. Like it, it's you're calling it something that it's not, and like it's just fucking stupid. The whole thing is stupid. So Bray Wyatt's wearing this mask. L.A. Knight's all freaked out because there's new spandex on Bray's face. And he gets stalked through the crowd. And they go to the the stage setup. Uh, a, a stage setup that they typically have at the bigger arena shows where I think they put a hard cam usually. <laughs> anyway, they brawl on it, that sort of thing. Uh, Ray completely no-sells all of L.A. Knight's offense. He yeah. does the mandible claw. Yep which puts down L.A. Knight, and who should appear above but fucking Uncle Howdy, who still has an indeterminate connection to Bray Wyatt, and I guess Alexa Bliss as well. And he's there, and he's standing on top, and no sooner than I, I'm typing to you, oh, you want to bet that Uncle Howdy goes full New Jack as a joke. Yeah. As yeah. a fucking joke. No different, by the way. I got a flashback to when we were watching the debut of The Fiend at your old place. Yeah. And I said, what's it going to do neck? Fucking break uh, Finn Balor's neck, and he fucking twists his neck. Yep. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. My that's dumb ideas become reality. Well, it's murder. Sure as shit. Fucking Uncle Howdy, fucking Bo Dallas in a black phone mask, jumps off of this balcony thing. Completely misses out. Completely overshoot. Like, I did not know the bow belly gave him additional bounce. Like, dude launches himself, misses, and all this fucking pyro shoots off. I don't know why there's pyro. I don't. Mystical supernatural powers, friend. Come on. Haven't you been watching? This shit was embarrassing. Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck any of it was supposed to be. And you know, the spectacle. It was supposed to be a spectacle. I mean, commentary put it best. Uh, all of a sudden, you just heard, the hell is that? And we were good. <laughs> Man, crusty on commentary would have rolled. Yeah, it really would have. So then we had another commercial break. We had a, blo- a Brock Lesnar video package showing the history of Brock Lesnar. This, again, was what was covered uh, or covering the ad break. Yeah. They announced the official attendance is 51,000 and change. 42,000 as of uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, and then they did the fake fireworks again. We had Bianca Belair go against Alexa Bliss in an absolute fucking nothing match. Yeah. I like Bianca a lot. Me too. I think Alexa maybe a step behind in the ring, but she's a step forward character-wise. Ever since yeah. she got involved in this Bray Wyatt spooky shit, yeah, it's done nothing for her. So great news, Uncle Howdy, the jumpy, splody man, is part of her storyline. She loses clean as a sheet yep. to the KOD. Crowd goes completely mild for the finish. Yeah. And then Alexa's just sitting in the ring while a spooky Alexa Bliss video plays. Storytelling. Right? That's what they're doing? They're telling stories? Making moments? No. Because the, the closest they got to a storyline came after because it was the ad for Applebee's where Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins were 
ordering basically everything on the menu. That that was better storytelling than whatever the fuck they're doing with Bray. <laughs> Bray Wyatt sucks. I'm sorry. He's just he's not a good wrestler. This his 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 ideas for characters and lore and creepy spooky shit. It's just it just sucks. Like spooky swamp cult leader Bray was great. That was it. That's all you needed. Simple to the point. I beg anyone to explain what they're doing with this Uncle Howdy shit. By the way, that was Bray's first match. First match back. And he came back with Extreme ago. Rules, which was what? Months ago. Like June, I, I think? Took, well, no, it wasn't that long ago, was it? She was Money in the Bank, typically. Uh, let's see. Extreme. September, October. Extreme Rules 2022 was uh, October 9th. Yeah, because they didn't do Hell in the Cell. October 8th. Yeah, okay. All right. So it's not still, as fine as I thought, but still. I mean, that's three months. Almost four. Yeah. Just, I don't know what the fuck any of this is. I don't know who it's for. I mean, I guess it's there's- It's not pro wrestling. There's a, there's a, there is, I guess, a loud, tiny subsection of the internet that lives for this shit. I but, guess there is. I mean, there is for anything, honestly. Let's let's be honest. I would uh, rather. The rule 34. Bro Bray Wyatt has people jobbing out the holograms than this shit again. Man, I'm sure there's some, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt 85282. Uh, Stan, follow the buzzards 420 because right, he definitely yeah. has to help. Who somewhere has like a whole dissertation of the lore of fucking Bray Wyatt and broken English and run on sentences and uh, bad punctuation. And of course, Bray shows up during the fucking non feed press conference after the show and puts oh, over how special the moment with the Undertaker was. That's stupid. And this, that's something the Undertaker would not do. No. That dude did break kayfabe until he was retired and in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> Man. But apparently he went shoe shopping the other day for some video yeah, thing. Yeah, he, he uh, did for um, Complex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. For sure. And is, uh, he bought a pair of New Balance. Like, I really like that letter on the side. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we had the Women's Rumble. Oh, no. Wow. You were fired up this morning, my friend. <laughs> that show fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we had the Women's Rumble, a match that inspired me to text Chris. And I quote, Chris, I think I fucking hate wrestling now. <laughs> yeah, that, that match will do it to you, for sure. Uh, there were 30 women in this. Yeah. And for as damn Some of which I knew. As damning as the absolute silence was for certain individuals yeah. on the men's rumble, no one gave a flying fuck about, let's call it a third. Oh, I I, I would go three-fourths of the women. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. It's, yeah, that's fair. I guess overall, you make yeah. sense. Like, I think the only people who really got reactions were Becky. Rhea. Becky, Bailey. Bailey, yeah. I feel like EO, EO Sky got uh, some reaction. Maybe that was just us <laughs> reacting to seeing her. Fair. 
Uh, oh, and Asuka. Asuka was mega over. Yes. Mega over. She was one of the bigger surprises of the night, making her return. She's now doing the uh, the clown face makeup she used to do with yeah. Super Heel Kana, which ended up being one of the better parts of the Women's Rumble. But it was just like, here's someone from NXT you don't give a shit about. Here's someone from the lower card of the Raw side of things you don't give a shit about. Here's the fifth Dana Brooke who we've yeah. pulled out of the cloning tank. Here's here's fucking Chelsea Green with with the most obviously fake crowd pop for her intro. Yeah, yeah. Because her music hit, which had never been played before, uh-huh. and all of a sudden you just hear people losing their mind as if the Beatles showed up. Well, I and think then she, as she's making her way to the ring, fucking silence. I think she fired her own music backstage and broke her wrist again, which is why she had to be eliminated <laughs> in five seconds. Legit? There was a moment, so Chelsea Green was one of the surprises. She came out, got eliminated immediately. She got the the Bushwhacker Luke moment. Right, yeah. When she went over the top rope, I'm, I saw her grab her wrist for a second. And uh-huh. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh-huh. You gotta be kidding me. But the other thing is, and, and I'm, I'm just gonna say this as someone who, again, I've not watched full shows. They've changed everyone's music. Yeah, I this was a, a problem on the men's rumble too, yeah. but the music would hit and be like, "I don't fucking know who this is." Yeah, unless it was like Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins, I'm like, "Those I know." Yeah, uh, and it, I was I was lost, uh, especially especially in the women's because I didn't even know some of the competitors like uh, Roxana. What was his name? Other Rez. Yeah, the former yeah. Roxy from uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't watching Ring of Honor when she was champ, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Tegan Knox looks completely different as well. Yeah. I thought maybe she was replaced, too. Yeah, I and, and I gotta say, I thought it was really inspired in the Rumble to have not one, but two homages to the retiring Keiji Muto, because you had Asuka out there, face paint, yeah. shooting the mist, and you had Tegan Knox having Muto's knees. I really thought it was <laughs> a great job oh, by the women to end. Yeah. Had to a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very uh, inappropriate legend. Good lord. Um, Yeah, but this match had even fewer possible winners. No. By the way, did you know Tamina's still fucking under contract? I I didn't until about uh, 10 o'clock last night. Yeah, she was the 19th person in. Um, The surprises for this were the aforementioned Chelsea Green, which no one cared about. Right. Uh, Michelle McCool, who was shown watching the show with her kids in the sure. front row, and then uh-huh. she jumped the barricade. Um, because her music hit. Because yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the person on Twitter who said yeah. this was her most successful barricade jump since January 6th. Yeah. Um, we had Dewdrop return. No, but we had Piper Niven return. Yes, she is Piper Niven, which I don't know if the edibles kicked in for Pat McAfee at this point in the night, <laughs> but he just was yelling her name for a good 10 minutes. Yeah. It was bizarre. And, it was and, really off as a game. And they tried giving Piper a push, which I'm fine with. Like, she's actually sure. very talented and, and what have you, but... No one cared. No. No one cared. And then 
Number 30, the whole master herself, Nia Jax, returned. She's not like most girls. She's not like most girls. And uh, she slowly walked to the ring, got next to no crowd reaction. Yeah. And was promptly eliminated by the 11 women in the ring. Yep. And I feel like modern rumbles, <clears throat> this is the same for men's and women's, they get they get too many people in the ring. You know, like I remember there were, you know, there have been times of that over the years, but, you know, a memorable rumble is, you know, you, you look at Stone Cold sitting on top of the turnbuckle waiting for the next person to come down. Yeah. Like somebody who just ball busts their way through. And you don't really they have that best Phoenix entered and she ended up eliminating a bunch of dudes and she was yeah. ring by herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good moment. Um, they don't really do that no. anymore. Everybody is just a big glom of people, you know, holding the ropes. Like at, at one point, God, was I imagining this? Did my edible kick in? It was, it was, I think Seamus and Gunther just like hanging out on the ropes, like, you know, holding the ropes and having a conversation. Yeah. While like the rest of the match is happening around them, yeah. Uh, not to double back too far to the men's rumble, but there was a moment where like when Brock came out, you saw Angelo Dawkins go, "Oh, I'm supposed to get suplexed by that guy." Start the saunter in his direction, realize yeah. it wasn't his time to take a suplex yet, and right. then just wander right back into the corner. And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, the final three were Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, and Oscar. The crowd gave a shit at this point, sure. as did me. Yeah. Um, they had a really good finish. Uh, all three women ended up on the apron. Oscar uh, went to blow the poison mist in the face in uh, on uh, Rhea. Rhea yeah. ducked. Liv took the mist to the face. Uh, uh Rhea eliminates Asuka, so then it, it is a blinded Liv and right. Ripley on the apron. Liv hits the double knees. Uh, Rhea does an incredible job of teasing that sh her feet are going to hit the floor. Yeah. Pulls herself back up, and then Ripley uh, knocks out Liv Morgan for the finish. So Rhea like, Ripley ends up winning. Pulls her out with her feet and yes. like slams her the fuck onto the ground, yeah. too. Super, that was a rough bump for Liv. Yeah, but uh, Rhea Ripley comes in at number one and wins the Rumble. And I, I thought that was pretty damn good. Yeah, I, for I, 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 no problem. The rest that. of it was dog shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you know, I may have played a couple games of Snap during that Rumble. And then at 11 o'clock at night, they decide we're going to do a commercial break, <laughs> a Braun Strowman video package, a quote-unquote musical performance by Hardy. Yeah, and it wasn't Jeff or Matt. It no. was their... Uh, definitively, uh, again, I'm quoting Twitter here, definitively we now know the worst Hardy. It's, it's not Jeff yeah. or Matt. Uh, it's not even Ed. Like, this guy's worse than Ed. Yeah. This this was bad. Uh and they took the ring ropes down for his band to perform in the ring. I mean, you gotta get the... You could put the drums over the ring You could put them at the fucking stage! Uh, yeah, like you could not have them the musical fucking performance ring. they've ever done. Yeah, no, it's pretty stupid and really bad. Like, just really... The guy... 
guy got blown up after the first verse and the song was garbage and his voice sucked. It was Look at back if he started singing on commentary. I what yeah. Well, Embarrassing. So then we had a commercial for the Ric Flair documentary, a commercial for NXT, and the video package explaining Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Which was seven minutes long. The main event started at 11.45. Oh my god. 45 minutes between the end of the Rumble and the start of the match after. Well, Rhea celebrated for a good seven to ten minutes, too. Still. But yeah, no, that's 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 a ridiculous amount of time. I know AEW pay-per-views are like a fucking marathon to go through. Yeah, but there's 15 matches. Exactly. And <laughs> they just happen. Yeah. Match happens, we go to the next one. Match happens, right. we go to the next one. You only know it's main event time because Excalibur's got to run through everything that's going to be on Dynamite. Right. I wanted to die. <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, I was, I think, six beers deep, and <laughs> I was, you know, I was just sitting back, like, whatever, at this point. So. I wondered why I was doing this. <laughs> yeah. I know. But then it was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, and it was fine. Fine. That's a typical Roman Reigns main event match. Because it wasn't about the match. Right. It was about what happened after. Right. You know, Owens is a great opponent for Roman. Roman's, you know, doing this really well. So after the match, uh, Roman's ends up winning with the with the spear. Um, right. After a really sick spot on the uh, ring steps, by the yeah, way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a backwards throw onto the ring. Yeah. So after the match, Roman Reigns keeps attacking Kevin Owens. Usos give him the 1D while Reigns puts his arm around Sami Zayn, you know, looking upon the destruction they've created. Da, 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 da. Usos put a chair over Kevin Owens' head and neck. Solo does the running hip attack. So then they handcuff Owens to the top rope and the Usos are just doing super kick after super kick after super kick. Some of the worst super kicks I've ever seen, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The young bucks there are not. So Reigns grabs a chair and he goes to uh, smack Owens in the head with it. Sami Zayn stands in his way. Sami's like, look, you're the champion. You don't need to go that far. This is too much. This is beneath you. Yeah. Roman hands the chair to Sami Zayn and he's like, I want you to hit Owens. Reigns says he loves Sami Zayn. And you're in our family, but you know what you don't want to do? Why don't you just go and do just some jackass shit? <laughs> so Reigns gets up in his face, yells at him, tells him to do it. Zane takes a moment, takes a chair, and finally, finally cracks it across the back of Roman Reigns. Yeah. Huge pop. Jimmy super kicks Zane solo. Jimmy are beating the crap out of Zane. Jay. Stands and watch and walks off. Yep. Reigns beats the shit out of Zane with the chair. Crowd boos. F you Roman chants. Now uh, the the bloodline minus Jay Uso stands tall and walks away. Yeah, I mean, and this is it's it's a good angle. It just was very stretched out after an already long evening. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's the beatdown with Owens was a bit excessive. Uh, I think, you know, they could have trimmed some of that out of there. And, you know, they really milked the melodrama. And I was like, okay, we know what's going to fucking happen. Trademark of line era Roman. I'm but just fucking doing already. Yeah. So I think WWE has put themselves in a very difficult corner now. So sure. between here and there, they have uh Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber, which will be in Montreal, which I hope doesn't mean what I think it means, but instead just means they're going to put over the hometown guy for fucking once. Yeah. On paper, you would look at this and go, okay, Roman versus Cody night one for one of the two titles he has. Mm -hmm. Roman versus Sammy night two for the other one. But now you're in a difficult spot because if the idea is you want Cody's moment to matter, he beats Roman, wins that belt. Right. If Zayn wins the following night, he had it easy. So then you go, all right, well, what if we flip-flop it? Then you've just taken everything you've built with Cody and you do the same to him. He ends up facing a Roman who lost to Sami Zayn. Now, I'm... I am supposing, by the way, that Roman's losing both belts. I'm supposing that he's working both nights of Mania. Right, right. And then there's this other thought, which was, I've heard multiple times through this that the direction they're heading in is Owens and Sammy against the Usos for the tag belts. Oof. And all I could think is... Downgrade. That is just pissing away money. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's. I, I a, don't know what the move is. I really genuinely match in there as well with Jay teaming up with Sammy and uh, and Owens to take on Solo, Jay, Jimmy, and uh, Roman. Maybe. Or hell, that might be the lineup for uh, the Elimination Chamber. Interesting. Because that's normally six people, right? Uh, two start and four in the tubes. Yeah. So then you could you could start with you know J- uh, Jimmy and Sammy in there, and then it ends up being Jay Owens Roman. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. There's it's the lots up in the air right now as to yeah. which which way they're going here. But I I am with you. I definitely think Cody walks out of one of the nights of WrestleMania a champion. Right. But it, it is that question mark now that you have. Sami Zayn set up to be the top babyface in the company, or one of the two. How yeah, I just I don't know. I think the, I don't think they do. I don't. I honestly like. I don't think they pull the trigger and put put a title on Sami Zayn. I. I wish that they would. Me too. But I I don't know that they will either. Yeah, just in the history yeah. of that company. I just, it doesn't seem like something that will, that will like, so say, say Sammy's the champion and they do uh, another Saudi show. Right. Then, then what do you have do? him on the show? <laughs> um, you know, I have one of your champs on the show. Yeah. And, and really this is a microcosm of, of so many problems that we've talked about throughout this. You have based upon the reactions tonight of people who spent a shit ton of money to 
be in a stadium to watch one of the premier, like the number two WWE show of the year, if sure. not, you know, three behind SummerSlam because SummerSlam is usually pumped up pretty big as, you know, summer WrestleMania. Right. But doesn't have the gimmick match. Exactly. You have literally dozens of the pe- dozens of people on the roster that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. You have a massive angle that takes up considerable time on both programs that makes no fucking sense in Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy, Alexa Bliss, whenever all that shit is. Nonsense, yeah. You have a very clear storyline that honestly was probably bettered by the fact that one of the guys was on the shelf for a number of months in Cody Rhodes going for the world yeah. title. And you have another storyline that is now the culmination of two and a half years of work with one year of build with Sami Zayn as the flunky to the bloodline. And you have the opportunity to pull the trigger and actually cap something off and I don't trust them to do it. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, like you said, they've made their own bed. They've written themselves into this, uh, you know, and part of it goes to, you know, not getting the rock booked. Yeah. Ahead of like not having, yeah. if you were planning on doing this for two years, put pen to paper with the guy and say, Hey, in, you know, mark off these two months at the beginning of 2023, because we need you, pal, or yeah. however long they need them, you know. Um, uh, another example in microcosm, the most electric moment of the night, just behind the main event angle, was the stare down yeah. between the Intercontinental Champion, Walter Gunther, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And that match is not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, has Brock ever been IC champ? I don't think he has. He jumped right into the world yeah, title. Jumped right into the world title. I think he was hardcore champ for right. half a second when he was on his yeah. ascension. But that was it. And it's not going to happen. Because Brock doesn't want to do it. So they're running him and Bobby Lashley again. Again. Yeah. That no one gives a fuck about. Yeah. But Brock makes his money, so. Yeah, I mean, good for Brock. Get paid. Brock... It, Brock is right there with Kevin Nash in terms of pro wrestlers where I go, you know what? They have it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's true. I look at that and I go, you have the capability of doing a big time match that will get over a newer talent, even in losing. Yeah. And you just go, eh, you can't do it. One of the guys doesn't want to do it. I think I figured something else out. And of course your backup was, you know who would work really well with the guy who just tosses people around? The almost 60-year-old man with a fucked up neck and two bad knees. Yeah? Because it did come out this week that there was a pitch to Steve Austin to work Brock Lesnar at Mania this year. I mean, they should know that Steve Austin's too smart for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> also... They, after he said, thanks, but no thanks, they increased the money and said, uh, you want to go against Roman? And I think it's pretty clear he said, no. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So that's where we're at now. We, we just have to pull people from the ether, from the past. I mean, that's been their MO for the past decades. Oh, I know. 
But even when they have things in front of them that will work. Yeah. Like this Sami Zayn thing is what people are talking about today. Right. And it was the fourth option. I know. I mean, it's it's sad, but again, this is modern WWE. It's it's it. None of it makes sense. It's whose line is it? Every anyway, yeah. you know, uh, everything's made up, and the points don't matter. Shit sucks, real bad. Not a fan. Chris, we're almost at an hour. Do you want to uh, dig into Dynamite and Rampage? We can fly through real quick. Right, There's a couple things I want to talk about. Go ahead and hit that button. Dynamite was live, Rampage was taped, and it was in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Uh, the main event of Dynamite was something that, up until the Tuesday it was announced, it was believed to be impossible. Yeah. As it was a uh, Jay Briscoe tribute match. As Mark Briscoe made his AEW debut going against Jay Lethal. Uh, Mark, like Jay, was banned from AEW television by Warner Brothers Discovery executives. Um, it was it, it had come out this weekend that it wasn't just Jay's past tweets. It was the number of years that Jay and Mark wore Confederate flag gear. That was a problem. I mean, I get it, but... Have that were fucking camo and right. Could move on anyway. Yeah, that that was the main event. Um, and it resulted in a lot of the show being rebooked in terms of order and length of matches and that sort of thing because it was very last minute that they got that, to do this. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll we'll very quickly run through the results. Uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara ended up defeating Ricky Starks and Action Andretti as that feud was. Continue. Yeah, Danny Garcia hit Action and Dreddy with the bats, and then uh, Sammy hit the um, GTH. The GTH. I almost called it the KOD. Isn't it the same fucking move? Uh, they're they're all part of the same family. Okay. GTS, GTH, uh, KOD. Yeah, they're yeah. they're all they're all cousins to each other. Yeah. Um, fun match. Uh, Andretti is definitely going to have to learn that. One flip will work instead of two to set up yeah. curve. Uh, and I just need to share this with uh, our audience. Uh, on a Discord I'm on, someone threw out a nickname that I haven't been able to shake for Action Andretti. Oh, no. Will Cosplay. You're welcome. <laughs> I say this like in Andretti, but man, that's, that's, a, that's a fucking bullseye. Yeah, to the fact where he and Sammy did the Osprey Ricochet bit in the beginning of the match. Yeah. Um, you know, Ricky Stark's still super over. Totally. And, uh, oh. you know. That reminds me, did you see the talk of Reddit this morning? Oh, God, no. What did he do? Uh, so someone got a photo of Cody when he was going into the arena last night. Oh, Ricky was with him? Ricky was his plus one. I know they're tight, so that's not. Yeah, totally it's not a huge surprise, but. Yeah. If I'm Tony, I'm I'm adding some zeros to a deal real quick. <laughs> I am. Um, Anyway, fun match. Feud continues, and uh, Stark's super over. Um, we had the tribute video for Jay Briscoe, which they weren't able to show previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a great piece of work. Really yep. showed, you know, not just him in ring, but also as the family man that he was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, great stuff if you didn't get a chance to check it out. 
Darby Allen defeated Buddy Matthews for the TNT title. This was one of the matches where the time was cut pretty considerably. Yeah, they were definitely fast-forwarding uh, to the big spots here. Yeah, uh, and uh, of note, this was the first of two times we got footage from pro wrestling Noah as they yeah. showed uh, some brief clips from the Great Muda final match that Darby was a part of. Yep. Um, I liked what we got of this match. Uh, I feel like they had more gas in the tank. Yeah, but again, I don't think this... Uh, well, may, might be, because... He's, he's Joe's coming back next week. I was going to yes. say, I don't know if this is over, but the House of Black and Darby Sting stuff seems, I don't know, evergreen at this point. Yeah, it's something they can just boil back up at any given time. But post-match, Tony Schiavone uh, goes to give Darby some props for some reason. Uh, and they're interrupted immediately by Joey Samoe, your king of television. That's right. On the Titantron, or sorry, the Contron. Uh, <laughs> the Contron. <laughs> and uh, Joe saying, hey, I'm I'm coming back to take what is rightfully his, so uh, we're going to get the rubber match soon. Let's go. Highlight video of Adam Cole, plenty hey, of turn. He said he's not sure when he's going to be back, and immediately is staring at the banner for Revolution. <laughs> Pending Dr. Approval. We just put it that week. We, we call that symbolism. Uh, is that what that is? <laughs> it's essentially pointing at the sign at the end of the Royal Rumble. Yes. Uh, Jungle Hook defeated Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. Jungle Hook, for the second time, the biggest quarter draw, a quarter hour draw for yeah. eighteen to forty nine, especially the ladies. I was going to say, yeah, which, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, you know, uh, handsome young lads. I got to say, what I really enjoyed, oddly enough, about this match was, uh, Stoke yelling at. Uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Casty during the intro. That whole back and forth was golden. I really enjoyed that. Is Mark Quinn injured? Mark Quinn is injured again. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm missing a, I'm missing a guy here. You had family therapy with the acclaimed daddy ass and the oh, with a therapist. Man, this was bad. This was WWE level bad. Oh, this felt like an opening of a Brazzers video. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I mean... That would have been an interesting video, but uh, yeah, no, this was not good. Yeah, well, good news: there's an extended cut of it on YouTube pass. because that's what they had to cut short. Hard pass. Um, Renee Paquette backstage with Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Page challenges Moxley next week to a match at Dayton, Ohio, which Wheeler Yuta accepts for John Moxley. <laughs> and also, Yuta's like, "Hey, let's have a match on Rampage." Page is like, "All right, All right. well, I'll knock you dumb too." Yeah. <laughs> and he did and it was great uh, Brian Danielson faced Brian Cage in a battle of the Bryans winner gets to be Brian uh, yeah uh, shocker yeah uh, step down in terms of the series so far yeah I mean you know it was, it, it was a different caliber of wrestler that he was uh, facing but I think yeah. you know Danielson adapts his style to his right. opponent feel like you know it was still a good match i mean you know yeah. as we said multiple times danielson could carry us to a four-star match you're right and, and by the way this match got four stars in the observer this week <laughs> there you go uh so i i thought it was decent and and i just want to say talking about a step down looks like cage is fucking cycling down a bit too because he did not look as swole <laughs> as he has in the past um not so swolverine yes uh roll up flash pin for danielson post-match brian cage continues the attack 
MJF shoves down a ring attendant, takes the chair. Uh, they go to pilmanize uh, the arm of uh, Danielson. Cage uh, actually shoves the chair into the post. Um, MJF put down Danielson, but then out comes Takeshida. Yeah, living up to his word. Uh, MJF bails. Cage gets laid out with a running knee, and then uh, Takeshida and the doctor check on Danielson. We go to commercial when we're back. Renee Paquette is backstage with Brian Danielson and the doctor. Danielson finally cuts the promo that we needed about yes. how he wants the world title. It's yeah. not just about making MJF a fraud. It's about being world champion. So you're not going to stop me from wrestling. Nobody can stop me from wrestling. This, this like fire in the eyes, demented side of, uh, of, of passion of Danielson. That's the, that's the money right there, boy. I like that a lot. Speaking of bad WWE storytelling, we had Ricky yep. Soho against Tony Storm, which ended via distraction by way of ring music. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, so pretty it, bad. it was originally announced as a triple threat between Ruby, Tony, and Britt Baker. Britt Baker right. unable to work the match due to an injury. She just comes out right at the end, which confuses Tony Storm and allows Ruby to hit the destination. Yeah, I mean, in okay, so... It's kind of smart because aren't they telling the story that it's all about the you know yeah, the homemade WWE talent versus WWE people? Yeah. So if they're using a WWE trope for it, it kind of works. I'll give them a pass to see if they you know pay off on it for now. But yeah, uh, yeah it's still eye roller. MGF then cut a awesome promo. Him in a dark room. Yeah, just uh, again the, with the I, triple B. MJF backstage cutting promos, I think he loses that need to interact with the crowd. Yeah. And it makes him focus a bit more on yes. what he's saying. So he cuts this awesome promo talking about how, you know what, uh, Danielson is going to injure himself. Danielson is, is you know, he's got a hole that he's trying to fill with the title, all that. He's like, you know what, you want to have physical pain? Awesome. I'm going to get you in the ring with a man who enjoys pain. Complete with more pro wrestling Noah footage. Yeah. Timothy fucking Thatcher, the most non, the most British, non-British man in professional wrestling. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, will be showing up this week on Dynamite. That'll be a hell of a match, man. That is 100% Danielson going, hey, Tony. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want to face Tim Thatcher. All right. Can you make that happen? Please, for me. Yeah. For me. Um, And then uh, we had uh, the, the main event, which uh, they, they swapped out commentary crews. It was uh, Excalibur, Ian Riccoboni, and Caprice Coleman. Excalibur, for the most part, staying quiet, letting, yeah. letting the Ring of Honor duo do their work here. Uh, Bobby Cruz was out for the ring introduction, and it was Mark Briscoe against Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal looking very shook up, too. Yeah, super, super emotional. Uh, Mark, you know, containing it a little more. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you could tell at the end, uh, you know, it kind of got to him a little bit. Um, but and uh, props to the Kentucky crowd for, um, you know, they really got behind Mark, but they fed into the match. Yeah. But also, they didn't. They didn't boo Jay Lethal. Like right. Yeah. As opposed to like face healed, like they just were respectful. Yeah. Um, they had a fun match. I mean, you know. It's so hard to sit here and be like, was it a match of the year? Was it the setting? Like, it, it was It was less about that. It was more just like, 
the fact that they, they were even doing it was, yeah you know a big deal really a week after right jay briscoe's they, passing or they could have put on a birth right they could have put on a stinker and we'd still be you know yeah. ho- holding it in regard because of you know what it was and what it accomplished and you know who it paid tribute to um and of course you know he got his uh, froggy bow in through a table, which looked fucking awesome. Yeah, that there's a photo of that that is absolutely incredible. Um, and the video was Jay Driller. Yeah, Jay Driller. Uh, no big surprise there. Yeah, Mark wins. He is celebrating with both Ring of Honor tag team titles. Um, I echo a friend of mine online uh, who posted, um, "Now is the time to pull the trigger. Let's go for an FTR and Mark Briscoe uh, trios push." Oh, I think it's the way to go. Oh wow! Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm before that. I think that would really be a, a classy way to continue this. But yeah, Mark uh, Mark's get, gets greeted at the entry ramp by the entire AW locker room. Yeah, and Jeff Jones. <laughs> yeah, with Jeff Jones, uh, and of course with uh, Tony Khan, and uh, everyone, yeah. you know, is applauding him as we go off the air in a very emotional moment. Yeah, CD front and center there, uh, kind of because he's he was. Like was he? He was a Ring of Honor original yeah. too, right? Day, day one, yeah. Um, Samoa Joe out there yeah. also, yeah. Mark, big hug, Cole. I will say, I didn't watch the entirety of the the Jay Briscoe uh, tribute show, which I haven't watched it yet on YouTube and Honor Club. The one bit I did watch because I was told it was a must watch is uh, Samoa Joe cuts a promo about what Jay meant to him. Oh, okay. The the best comparison I can give is. If you ever watched the Owen tribute show, yeah, Mark Henry's, yeah, they were, big, yeah, um, it, it's very similar. Where just, yeah, okay, uh, I haven't seen this dude like this ever, and um, yeah, really something special. Uh, I will say, the Ring of Honor team would have done well to because it wasn't just the matches they had taped; they also put in like Ring of Honor matches from the past in there. They went from. Adam Cole's promo about what Jay Briscoe meant to him to a match they had for the world title, which starts with Adam Cole cutting a promo about how much he hates Jay Briscoe. <laughs> 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 kind of just fantastic. Skip that a little bit. I mean, you know. Hey, <laughs> baby. Anyway, Friday brought us the taped show we were waiting on. <laughs> And he kicked off with Hangman Page against Wheeler Yuta. Yutes. Very good match between these guys. I mean, it's not a yeah. big surprise. It was a very good match. They're very talented um, men. They beat the shit out of each other, and uh, yeah, they did. Hangman Page pulls out the Death Rider for the finish. Yeah, he does. Love it. So I uh, thought that was very good. Um, we had a promo with Ricky Starks and Action and Dreddy uh, talking about how... Uh, how they lost just because of the bat. Andretti wanted Sammy Guevara one-on-one. And Ricky can beat Chris Jericho. And that's the absolute truth. Yeah, he seemed like he had a little bit of word salad at the end of that, I think. Did uh did Ricky. But <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy. Rain it in. Uh Eddie Kingston cutting a promo saying he was ready to to let his demons run free. And so is he and, joining House of Black or certainly sounded like it. So huh. We'll have to see how that goes. These assholes faded, faced uh, best, friend. best friends Dan Housen. Okay. All right. So Dan Housen coming out with a ukulele to counter Jeff Jarrett's guitar 
is a stroke of genius. Yes. Yes. Uh, and them continuing to use the Golden Globe as a prop. Right. Pretty amazing. That was the yeah. finish. Jeff Jarrett behind the ref's back, knocking out Dan Housen with the Golden Globe. So right. Thing can pin Dan Housen with one foot. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Dan Housen's there to eat a pin, so. Yeah. Renee Paquette interviewing Ruby Soho, but that was immediately uh, it, uh, interrupted by Britt Baker, who said that Ruby needs to pick a side in the AEW Originals feud. I mean, she's not an AEW Originals, so I yeah, think... Also, <laughs> Ruby was one of the first to fight against Tony and Soraya, so... Yeah, there's not really a lot of ambiguity as to yeah, whose side she's on. Anyway... Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated the wonderfully named Tony Mudd. <laughs> hey, his name is Mud. Big Primus guy. Uh, Top Flight said they want to have a match for the trios titles with AR Fox as their partner. Let's go. Ooh. Yes. Um, Renee Paquette was trying to interview Dustin Rhodes, but immediately, well, Swerve Strickland pops his head in and. Yeah. Uh, says he uh, wants a match with him, so it sounds like Swerve against Dustin Rhodes real soon. Love Swerve. Don't really give a shit about that match. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, Lexi Nair was interviewing Jade Cargill when, surprise, someone interrupted it. Oh, wow. Cut yeah. the shit. In this instance, Red Velvet uh-huh. said, uh, I may have been your first... <laughs> but next week, I'm the one, 49 and 1. Uh-huh. Okay. Clever, but... Sure you are. And then the main event absolutely fucking rolled. Yes, it did, man. She was Jamie Hayter against Emmy Sakura, and they just beat the piss out of each other. Yeah, this was this was fantastic. Like, I was very... I was looking forward to it when it was announced. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's yeah. go. And then it delivered. Yeah. It, this was... I mean, Emmy Sakura... Majority of the match was beating just laying into Jamie Hayter. Yeah. Making me very jealous. Um, <laughs> just all kinds of very, uh, very heavy offense. And, you know, Hayter not typically working babyface here, but she sure had a, had the big comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had to after getting the, the piss pummeled out of her by Sakura. Yeah. Um, I mean, Emmy's been talented for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. She just she hasn't had a lot of showcases. Yeah. So I was very happy to see this. Uh, and, I mean, just another great singles match for Jamie Hayter. This this is what the AEW women's division should be. Not the Jade thing. Not yeah. originals versus WWE. Not any of that shit. I just want high-impact women's wrestling that you don't get anywhere else. Right. Yeah. In America. Yeah, yeah, uh, fair. Yeah, <laughs> anything you don't get anywhere else in the states at this yeah. level, like uh, that's right. that's what I want this to be. And uh, yeah. if if last night's Royal Rumble was any indication of women's wrestling in WWE, it is. Uh, and and, that's, and again, that's not to say everything AEW, like you just said, everything's do AEW's doing with the women works. But Jamie Hayter is the is the prototype for a women's division right here. Exactly. And and one thing I will just say, uh, especially with them, you know, finally giving a, uh, a moment for Emi Sakura, um, I, I'm not going to say go out and watch AEW Dark because I don't know how it plays out. But I was looking at the taping results for they did tapings at Universal uh, last night opposite yeah. the Rumble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was interesting because 
they're pushing a lot of people who don't normally get pushed. They're okay. They're building storylines and like even trying out talent who aren't on, you know, Dynamite or Rampage, like Tony Deppin, yeah, Sakura. Um, geez, who else was was on the team and was like, oh, they're getting a push. Uh, Blake Christian, Mascara Dorada, um, Takeshita gets a few victories. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's it's just a, a list of people where it's like. They're kind of Ring of Honor people. They've kind of been the jobbers on Dark, but like they're getting moments to shine, and it's like okay, they're they're actually using Dark to build things. Hey, which goes in line with Elevation more recently having storylines. So they might actually be getting these shows figured out. So you know, tip of the hat to them. Um, but Dynamite on Wednesday, as we enter February, it will be. Darby Allen against Joey Samoa in a no-holds-barred match. The mm-hmm. third of three matches between them. Uh, Hangman Page against John Moxley. They claimed they're going to be in action. We've got Brian Danielson against Timothy Thatcher. Should be a hell of a show. Yeah, no, it's looking good. I mean, I will say this Dynamite was not as good as the previous few in ring-wise. Still had some highlights in there and the emotional highs of the, the um, Jay Briscoe tribute match. Um, but I still think they're going pretty strong, yeah. you know, creatively on, on, on a good street here. And the ticket purchases are reflecting it. Yeah. It's going up everywhere. So just keep on keeping on, guys. Don't don't try to chase what WWE is doing. Keep doing your thing. Keep pushing your originals. Keep doing your, you know, doing what made AEW good in the first place. And uh, I think it's going to work out. So. And for the love of God, don't have anybody do any stupid blacklight spooky uh, swaler or trailer swamp bullshit on your uh, show, and we should be okay. Right? <laughs> well, bad news, Chris. Jolt Cola just called AEW and they got a match they wanted to do. <laughs> Billy Beard. <laughs> <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod- House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Where does your mind go when you go to bed? Well, if you're like a lot of people, it doesn't go to sleep. It replays Raw, it looks at what might happen at the next pay-per-view, and sometimes it gets tangled up in lists of wrestling power rankings, botched moves, and replays of the Rough House podcast. If this describes your nights, ask your doctor about Curtis Axel. It can give you and your restless mind the sleep you need. Curtis Axel makes Lunesta look like crystal meth. Curtis Axel works quickly, so watch him right before bed. Make sure you can dedicate eight or more hours of sleep before watching Curtis Axel. Side effects include an odd yellow hue to your skin, an extreme lack of microphone skills, weak-ass chest chops, shitty remixed entrance music, an irrelevant intercontinental championship run, and unending comparisons to your legendary father and grandfather. Until you know how your body will react to Curtis Axel, you should not drive or operate machinery. And don't leave pets in your car on a hot day. This has nothing to do with Curtis Axel. That's just a dick move. Curtis 
Axel is the opposite of espresso. Consult your doctor or Paul Heyman now to learn about Curtis Axel. For the perfect night's sleep, leave it to Curtis Axel.